Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you get your podcast. On today's episode, MSU beats Butler by 4,000 points in basketball. Mel Tucker is set to, well, make a historic, historic moment happen with an extension. And we talked to Sam Martin in segments two and three about the Butler game and really the MSU basketball season as a whole. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy, happy Victory Thursday to you. That's right, we get to have Victory Thursday during basketball season. To all you wonderful, wonderful Locked On Spartans listeners, how you guys doing? I'm sure you're doing fine as MSU. Well, blocked another shot from Butler. Uh, no, hey, listen, uh, we got a busy show today, but before we get there, uh, just got to, hey, housekeeping straight out of the way. I uh, just need to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, this is the Locked on Spartans podcast. We do this five days a week. That is right. On tomorrow's show, we will be getting into the Ohio State preview, and then maybe an official signing is made with Mel Tucker, but eh, we'll uh, we'll see how that unfolds until we get to that point. Uh, and if you have ever any questions, comments, concerns, you want me to yell at you, you want to yell at me, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find me. All right, busy first segment. Let's get into it. I'll be really quick about the MSU Butler game, and then we got to talk about this Mel Tucker extension news. Right off the top, yes, the Spartans escaped Hinkle Fieldhouse with a narrow 73-52 to win. My goodness gracious. Um, Got to say, I, like, I thought MSU would win this game. Did I see a 21-point blowout happening? Not at all, no. But that is what happens when, well, you're arguably top three players turn the Jets on and have themselves an evening. Yes, Marcus Bingham, just a perfect 4-for-4 four four shooting. Uh, six rebounds, six blocks, and two steals to go along with his 10 points. Yeah, that'll play. That'll do okay. Uh, we said on yesterday's pod that you know, this is a, a prime for the picking game for Bingham. Butler doesn't really have a lot of front court strength. Bingham, go crazy, and okay, yep, he went crazy. Uh, player number two, yes, Gabe Brown. We're talking GB. Boy, did he show the full package today, making it happen all over with a game-high 19 points, six rebounds, four for 10 shooting from three, and of course, with his buttery stroke, three for three shooting from the free throw stripe. And last but not least, yes, the Max Christie dynasty is upon us. <laughs> Boy, did he look good today. 18 points. Of course, it's a career high in his very young career. Uh, two of four shooting from three-point land, six of nine shooting total. So, yeah, Max Kirsty just absolutely balled out. Uh, yeah, solid, solid performance for, for Michigan State, um, to, to put it lightly. They, they played as good as you could probably could have hoped um, on the road very early on in the season. We're still ironing some things out, but yeah. Oh, boy. And, hey, you know, this isn't on the box score either, but... That Spartan defense was 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 nice today, uh, keeping Butler to a smooth, what seemed to be 9 of 99 shooting from three-point land. Boy, how did they struggle, but okay. We'll get to more MSU basketball talk in segments two and three with Sam Tyler, but first, we got to talk about, quite literally, uh, some history going on here inside the MSU football program. 
Yes, Mel Tucker, as you've probably already heard, as reported by the Free Press's David Jesse and Chris Solari, Mel Tucker is going to be offered a 10-year, $95 million extension. 10-year, $95 million extension. There's been a lot of rumors, like, oh, so-and-so is holding this up. Like, no, it's not true. Or like, oh, this is going to be the dollar amount. Like, no. When Dave and Jesse reports on something, more times than not, those are the, those are the factual numbers. That that is a man that is plugged in. Uh, so, ten year, ninety five million dollar extension. And I want to make it clear right now, uh, as of recording right now, this is not official yet. Ink has not gone to paper just yet, but that is the offer being reported. Uh, and as well, it's been reported, and I've heard from a few other people as well. That's right. Look at me put my insider shoes on. Uh, that the offer will be presented to him on Thursday. Now, I've also been told that okay, that could either be pen to paper immediately. Maybe he was getting fed all the contract stuff piece by piece through the last few weeks. Or his team wants to get it, look over for a few days, and then sign. Uh, Inside the Locker Room, yes, a podcast uh, with Jason Strayhorn and Brian Masalem. Uh, they've been all over this. They have just absolutely dominated this. Um, and it helps, too, when they are literally sitting down at the table for some of these conversations that have happened with Matt Ishbia and Steve St. Andre, the two donors that are heavily, heavily backing this extension. Also, we will be having Brian Masalem on Friday's show as he is going to be super generous with this time and knowledge to not just talk about the extension in general, but also kind of how this all came together and what it means for the program and everything. So that's it, guys. 10-year, $95 million extension being offered. And as Jason Strayhorn and Brian Masalem on Inside the Locker Room also suggest, um, they are feeling confident that this will be a signed contract. Uh, we'll talk more about it when it becomes official, but let's just for sake of conversation, let's talk about it. This is massive news, and it's just awesome for three reasons, really. The first, this is going to make Mel Tucker the highest paid African-American coach, not just in college football, not just in the sport of football, no, in North American sport. He is going to be the highest paid African-American coach in sports. In sports, that's jumping Mike Tomlin, that's jumping Doc Rivers, who each make $8 million a year. Number two, why this is awesome. This goes without saying. It means MSU is at the big boy table. And the third most awesome part about this is, well, hey, it's not it's not our money. So uh, thank you, Steve St. Andre and Matt Ishbia, for everything you've done. Um, here's a take. Uh, is Tom Izzo making Matt Ishbia a walk-on? 20-some years ago, the single most impactful move Izzo has made at Michigan State. We'll talk more about that later, I'm sure. Uh, but I just want you to sit on that one for a little bit as Ishbia just keeps on giving and giving and giving back to the program and is helping Michigan State become a football powerhouse. Now, of course, it's it's vocal minorities uh, that are skeptics of this. Um, and, okay, do you know what? To be honest, like some of it is, I guess, valid. Like You ask, is it too early? For this, like, is it a little premature? He's only in his second year. Like, heck, the second year isn't even done. We still have an Ohio State game and a Penn State game coming down the pipeline. And, like, you could look at it like that, but in the lens of college football, this is not a premature move. This is not a a move that's being made too early. We'll look at this from the micro view and the macro view, but let's look at it from the micro view to kick things off. Like, just, just MSU. Just what this means for MSU and why it makes sense for MSU. The turnaround has been 
immaculate. Immaculate. And not just from a record standpoint. No, not going from, okay, 500 year here, 500 year here. Oh boy, two wins last year to now a 9-1 top 10 ranked team. It's not just that. It's also from an attitude standpoint within the program. It is night and day from the later Mark D'Antonio years. Still love you, Mark. But it is night and day, the energy going on inside the program. Demand for excellence. There are no days off, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, and heck, whether you're a fan sitting in the deep end. Um, the recruiting has been booming so far. And not just at the high school level, but also, obviously, the portal level as oh. Hey, that's right. Kenneth Walker was identified in the portal and brought to Michigan State, and I think that has worked out okay. Uh, branding has never been stronger at MSU. Mel Tucker is a guy who gets it. He has a staff that more than gets it. Uh, it has been dynamite. And the biggest point of why this makes sense leads right into the macro look. The national landscape. What on earth would Plan B have been? Like, LSU, USC... Washington, Virginia Tech, maybe Florida are, are all open. There, there's going to be more to come, too. So, okay, fine. You, you let Mel Tucker walk. You don't offer him this mega contract. Others would have offered, you know, something crazy. Um, so you let him walk and what? You just do a, another coaching search. N- n- but not just another coaching search for the second time in three years. No, no, no. You're doing a coaching search, too, when there's other nice vacancies out there. LSU's out there, USC's out there, Florida. You might be going head-to-head with Washington for some people. Virginia Tech, you got the leg up on, but hey, coaching searches are pretty crazy. You never know. So you got to do what you got to do. And that is what Michigan State, Alan Haller, Board of Trustees, President Stanley, and of course, Matt Ishbia and Steve St. Andre have stepped up to the plate with getting it done MSU is, in fact, a big boy program. No, the ghost of Nick Saban leaving for LSU way in the past. It's crazy. Times change over 30 years. And yes, they have changed for the better at Michigan State because, oh, everybody's scooed up. That's right. We've got a coach that is top five paid in the nation because, hmm, to go along with our awesome facilities, seems to be that uh, Michigan State cares about football and we are a big boy at the table, baby. Woo! Oh, my goodness gracious. Again, we'll talk with Brian Masalem tomorrow. Uh, hopefully it is official by then. If not, we're still going to get into the weeds uh, with Brian on this. And, yeah, can't wait for that conversation because, boy, has he been plugged in on this whole saga. So, All right, guys, we're going to chat Michigan State basketball here. Uh, but first, I need to talk to you fine folks about Made in Cookware. That's right, guys, Made in Cookware. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? Well, a short answer is simple. They have access to the right kitchen tools. With Maiden's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food right at their own house. Quality and craftsmanship is important to you. You should check out Made In. Made In is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs all over the world and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and, of course, wine glasses. Because, you know, hey, if you're going to have a nice dinner... Spruce it up with a bottle of red or some Riesling or... I'm not a wine guy. What, what am I doing right now? Um, guys, Made In uh, produces quality professional cookware for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. That's right. No middleman. It is just Made In and you. Some might say it's a match made in heaven. 
I just came up with that. That was not even on the ad notes. That's right. Sure, Maiden's thrilled with that pun. All right, right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code Locked On. That's all one word, Locked On. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. So go to madeincookware.com slash Locked On and then use promo code Locked On for 15% off your first order. One more time, guys. That's madeincookware.com slash Locked On with promo code Locked On. Before getting to Sam Martin here in a little bit, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. There is no shortage of basketball minds in the MSU community, but when it comes to incredible basketball minds, whoo baby, I've got one of the top ones right here. Yes, former The Final Four is not on the schedule co-host. I'm talking about the one, the only, Sam Martin. Sam, before I even ask you a question, I understand that. Little Uno reverse card. You're actually going to lead in with the segment that you have for me. Is that correct? Matt, thank you so much for having me on the show. First off, I'm just so grateful to be here. Uh, The chance to talk sports, as I said in our warm up at the very highest level, as you do five days a week here on the Locked on Spartans podcast. Look at that. Was too good to turn down. Um, So I was very, very excited to get the call to come on the show. Uh, big fan. And yeah, obviously I prepped, you know, I came locked and loaded to bring the noise. You know, I don't know how many chances I'm going to have to talk <laughs> to your lovely audience who I think you should consider calling the she animals. Maybe. Oh my, you know, what? the Lockdown Spartans fan, <laughs> the she animals. I'm just saying it's free if you want it. Um, so you know, Matt, first off, I just want to establish right away. I have a doctorate in physical therapy. So in the legacy of the great Dr. Jack Ramsey, I would like to be known as Dr. Sam, basketball analyst, um, okay. henceforth. But that's other than that, we're doing great. So here's my question to you, Matt. You've watched Michigan State basketball play three competitive games. You know, whether you BTN plus the exhibitions or not uh, is not admissible in this particular court of law. So who is Michigan State's best player? After tonight, it's 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 hard to kind of go against either Gabe Brown or Max Christie. But I've got a feeling, I've got a hunch that that is not not the answer that's written down in front of you right now. <laughs> so because that, so I think you know I and I love those guys. I, I love both of those players, and I think that they're offering MSU something right now that's allowing them to have a platform, which is wings, which is three and D on the wings, dangerous shooting at both wing spots. MSU hasn't had dangerous shooting at both wing spots in a while. It's been a bit, even those great catches, Winston teams always had Aaron Henry, a little bit of a suspect three point shooter. Even if you had like McQuaid and Kenny G who were both bombers by the end of that uh, end of their careers. So, you know, Gabe Brown and Christy are both guys who you saw tonight. will pull up in transition will pull up semi-contested in the half court, shoot over his own, kind of what you need for your high-volume three-point shooters. Christy only had four attempts tonight, two for four, but one absolute beauty that will be on every reel that gets shown when he gets drafted this year, which was pull up one, two, in transition, semi-contested, right wing, NBA depth. I don't know if you remember that play. It was relatively early in the game, but that one was just like, Yes, that's what a shooting that's what the elite level shooting guard offers to MSU in transition. So you love to see that. You love to see Brown 
being really aggressive uh, offensively. And he was a guy in high school who basically couldn't dribble the ball. And uh, I'm not saying that to be mean to Gabe Brown. I'm saying that to give him incredible credit because now you see him pump and go, put it on the floor, getting fouled, getting to the line where, you know, he's a great free throw shooter. That's easy points for him. Mid-ranger, a little step back along the baseline. How about it? Saucy. Saucy. <laughs> <laughs> How about it? So I, I love what MSU is getting from their wing play. But no, my answer is Marcus Bingham. And yeah, you look Bingham, at what yeah. Bingham did tonight. Uh, and, you know, four for four from the field, 10 points, six boards, two steals, and six blocks. So eight stocks if you're into the financial markets. Sure. The, the, what he's doing defensively for MSU, they haven't had this kind of a center that I can really remember during the Izzo era because Izzo is huge on, I think every MSU basketball fan knows he has a very particular style of play on both ends of the court. It's the Izzo style. He's got a playbook. It's very well developed. But what you haven't seen over the years is MSU play drop on pick and roll. So what I mean by that is the center just sort of kind of waiting back behind the play, not attacking or hedging the play at all, not pressuring the ball handler out above the three-point line, but just kind of dropping back like what you see Joel Embiid do if you watch the the 76ers ever play in the NBA or um, you know any of those sort of big monster defensive centers. But Bingham can do that. So Bingham, when MSU defends the pick and roll, the point guard can go over the screen, prevent the pull-up three-pointer, and Bingham can just stand there in the lane and hold his arms apart and just say, I'm this large. And if you want to try it, that's on you, you know, and eight times in this one game, he had a block or a steal. Most of those were pick and roll coverage. So it's a different element defensively. Now, offensively, you've seen him be pretty efficient at operating as yeah. kind of like a big guy more around the rim this year than in the past. You know, he was, Build as a recruit is more of a stretch five, like a guy who get out on the perimeter and shoot the ball. But, um, you know, he's been very efficient offensively. And then he's just a complete game changer on defense. So I think that's my argument as to why Marcus Bingham is MSU's best player. Now, how good is your team if your best player is sort of a medium usage uh, defensive center? That's going to be the question going forward for this team. But uh, I just love what he's done so far. And I think it maybe hasn't gotten enough credit to this point. That's tough to argue too. And like, honestly, it's shocking that it was only six blocks. It felt like he had 29 blocks tonight. Like he was just all over the yeah. place. And whenever they crashed the lane, like, Oh, Hey, it's Marcus again. Here I am to swat your shot to oblivion. So nice to meet you guys. Um, just, just yeah, imagine what sorry, that's like from the opposing ball handlers point of view, right. when you come around the screen and you know, there's no hedge. You're just like, all right, I got plenty of space. And you look up and there's Bingham and he's just holding his arms out as wide as they go. Yeah. And like, think about what that's like as you approach that. You're like, well, like, okay, I can attack into this and get packed and embarrassed. I can try some embarrassing floater or I can just kind of hover here and do nothing. And those are basically the three choices. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm going to hijack this. I, we, we talked about this before the show, and it was one of the last points you brought up, and I thought it was very interesting, and I want to jump to right now. It's about Tyson Walker. Now, again, tonight, five points, one of three shooting, five assists, which is solid, three turnovers, two steals. N- not like the most sterling game numbers-wise, but you were talking beforehand that like you kind of like what you're seeing from him, but in small increments, and I would just 
you know, love if you yeah. just want to elaborate on that. Yeah. I think that everybody has really noticed Hogard this year because he's come yeah. out so loud and so improved, and rightly so. And I, I love what I've seen from AJ Hogard. He's a dog, you know, yeah. D-A-W-G, Spartan dog. It, you tweeted that he was ready to commit a crime before the under-16 timeout. Now, it's Love also it. important to note <laughs> that he was getting in the mix when he was waiting to substitute into the game <laughs> before the commercial break. He was not playing in the game at that time, and he made a point to walk over and just become a part of whatever was happening. It's like, uh, I don't know, if any of the Love listeners... That. If any of the she-hanimals out there watch the U.S. men's national teams, the Weston McKenney role of just like ah, stirring nice. the pot <laughs> at every opportunity. Um, okay, so Walker, yeah, I mean, Hogard is great, but he's a downhill player. He's attacking the rim, moving the ball really well. That's great. What Walker gives you is, one, he's very active defensively, and he's a quality defender from what I have seen, despite being a little bit undersized. And I think that he can, especially against the pick and roll, like his ability to get over screens and move very quickly – Uh, And you saw his speed and transition in this game where that one play where he kind of dipped, darted past two guys and finished high off the glass over the center uh, with the left hand. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to take over and be, you know, I know, in fact, that he's not going to take over and provide a Cassius Winston type of offensive performance for MSU. But what he can do is shoot the ball, play off the ball, uh, play with his head up, really great ball mover, very good court awareness. And I think that his three-pointer as a catch-and-shoot guy will help provide space along with Brown and Christie. And, and, you know, Malik Hall has taken some three-pointers, banked one in today. Like, uh, Stroke still needs some work, um, but he's coming along. (laughs) Hauser, Hauser couldn't find it today. I don't understand why his shot doesn't go in. It looks great. I mean, he's shown the ability to hit it in the past. I think it's just sometimes you flip tails five times in a row. And that's just that's just the break. So I, I don't put too much on that shooting performance. But you asked me about Tyson Walker. I think what he does is defense, shooting, passing the ball, dribbling, uh, under pressure, low turnovers. He can help get MSU to a baseline of competence on offense as more of a role player, even if he's not going to be a star. And we've got more Michigan State basketball fun with our guy Sam Tyler coming up in a hot segment. First, need to talk to you fine folks about betonline.ag. That's right, we are back. We are better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but you got to use promo code LOCKED ON. It's one word, LOCKED ON, to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football to baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. One more time, guys, that's betonline.ag, where the game starts. And I, I, I hate to do this after a 90-point road win, but that, that four position that you alluded to, like that, that is worth talking about as we move forward here. Yeah. 
Am I overreacting by just saying that, holy crap, like, I'm a little scared about what's happening because Hauser looks like, unfortunately, the Hauser that we saw in the second half last season and Willie Cole yeah. is still a little, yeah, like, how, mm-hmm. how worried are you about the four position? So talk me down here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's reasonable, and I think uh, I would not say that I'm not concerned about the four position. I think Malik Hall has all the tools that you want in his 04. He kind of looks like a Kenny Goins starter kit. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, Kenny G was taking like six threes a game and shooting 40% as a senior. And Malik Hall's not doing that. He's kind of still developing as a shooter. Um, But he's got the competitiveness, sort of the dog in him and, and ability to get to the free throw line. I think he was three for four from the field today, four rebounds you know, two turnovers, eight points. So, you know, decent production, but he's got the package to be a two-way player. Hauser, I get why Izzo's playing him. I understand. Theoretically, he is the perfect Izzo four offensively and that he can dribble pass, shoot, trailing three-pointers, pick and pop. That's what Izzo wants out of the four position, really is shooting, spacing. And then he can also give you a little bit in the post. But the problem is, that the theory is just not coming into practice so far this season and it's small sample size. And, you know, I think it's worth giving him time because he's getting really good looks and he's moving the ball well offensively. And I don't think he's getting the ball when he has good post position, which can be good opportunities for him. So I think he can give MSU more offensively. The problem in, you know, before I say this, I just want to say like, I have nothing but respect and love and admiration for all student athletes. And any criticism I give is just of the play on the court. It's nothing personal at all. And this is not to be disrespectful to Joey Hauser, but you know, just defensively he's fried chicken. Like it's not good. He can't, he can't hold up against a tough matchup. So you can hide him. And that's what MSU is doing right now with really four other strong defenders in the starting lineup around him. But I just don't see how you can close a game with him at the four against, you know, a, a quality four for the opposition. Is there anything else that early on this season that you're losing sleep over? Obviously, the, the four is probably the headliner right there. Mm-hmm. I, I myself don't really find too much to be worried. Okay, well, like turnovers, yeah. duh, the usual suspects. But like, Is there anything new this season that you're starting to get a little freaked out about? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing – I mean, turnovers are just an Izzo feature. Like that's, that's just, just part of, right. That's part yeah. of the system. He runs a system and it's very mechanical. You see that when the offense bogged down in the second half of the first half. So between minutes 10 and 20 of the game. Um, and it's very mechanical. They look like they're running set plays. It doesn't quite hit those plays. By the time you get to the NCAA tournament, usually when it's novel opposition who hasn't seen him year after year look pretty great. And that's yeah. the Izzo system. That's part of why he overperforms in the tournament versus regular season, but they're going to turn the ball over. They always do. And they're going to work through it. And when they don't turn the ball over, they're going to win the game often. Um, with that said, wing depth, we, we got to see what MSU has behind those two guys because Christy and Brown both look great. Um, yeah. Akins right now is op- operating mostly just as a deputy for Christy. So he basically comes in when Christy is out to play the two. He was a point guard in high school, big time off the dribble shooter, big time athlete, rim attacker, you know, threw down some nuclear highlight type dunks. So can he give MSU something out in transition playing defense, sort of the freshman rocket Watts, but maybe not, God awful 
efficiency numbers yeah. on offense. You sure. Know? <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Pierre Brooks, you know, again, just nothing but respect and admiration, but he just doesn't look like he's in great shape right now. So sure. I think he needs to get into shape. You know, MSU football had a nutritional revolution in the off season, right. With all the weight loss. So maybe, you know, we can get, uh, we can get the, the, the football nutritionist to have a little conversation with Brooks, but, uh, you know, what are they going to get anything out of him? Because theoretically, MSU's best lineup by the end of the year could be something like Walker and then Akins or Hogard or a second smaller guard. And then you're playing Christie three, Gabe Brown at the four, and then Bingham or, or whoever at center and giving MSU a little more athleticism, kind of switchy uh, length, you know, bothering you, but a little less bulk. So that might be one way to solve it, but you need wing depth to be able to do that. And that's kind of where I wanted to end on is what is the ideal lineup for you right now? I mean, again, small sample size, three games. You yeah. know, this isn't February, but like, what, mm-hmm. I mean, do you see anything concrete right now in, in your humble opinion? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of Hogard and Malik Hall playing together. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're both dogs and I love it. And like both those guys are just like competitors, like come and beat the crap out of the other team type personalities. So it, and the same with marble. So it gives that bench unit a little bit of an identity. I understand that, but I want to see Walker, Christy Brown, Malik Hall, Marcus Bingham. I want to see what that looks like together. And part of it's going to come down to Kim Malik Hall hit some shots. You know, he banked one in, hit a nice one in the corner. He's inconsistent with that shot. The mechanics aren't great. It's not quite Sean Marion level, but it's not uh, pretty (laughs) coming out of his hand. Um, So that, that'll determine, I think, whether that lineup can work offensively. But, um, you know, defensively, I think that is probably MSU's best five, five man unit hall bringing the muscle and just like horizontal kind of force thing and bring the vertical force, you know, just thread at the rim, kind of cleaning everything up. And then you have those long wings, Christy and Brown, just harrying, um, harrying, you know, honestly, you know what it is, it's really a beautiful team. And this will never happen in a million years, but I just have to say it. MSU is the perfect roster for a two-three zone. Like if wow, you I never ever, thought about that. Yeah. If wow. you're ever gonna run a two-three zone, you know, you can try like Walker's a little bit small, but Hogarth's pretty big for a point guard. Yeah. Huge lengthy wings, Brown, Christie, all these guys, and Bingham just you know, just never leaving the restricted area. They would be terrible to score against. But I am also politically religiously ethically against the two three zone so gotcha. i'm glad Izzo doesn't do it but it would work <laughs> see i'm for the two three zone because when i play rec ball like i'm so out of shape where it's like please don't chase someone around the court i beg you just put me up top so uh but that's that's a great point i've never thought about that that hell this is not a bad two three zone team but you're right again you're also right it'll never happen i mean this is just all fantasy but it's a great point every though. off season when when i used to host the pod me and my co-host rod would just joke about Izzo being finally this year yes. he's gonna try some zone <laughs> this was the yes. year we're gonna try some yep. zone and yep. then he'll run it for like three baseline out of bounds plays Yep. <laughs> in November and then never again. <laughs> Every year was the offseason for two, three zone. And that the kid that shot 19% from three last year found his shot at Moneyball. Those are the two guarantees in the offseason. Looks those great at Moneyball. Russell Bird is lighting it yep. up at Moneyball. Yep. Tom Tom's going to shoot <laughs> 67% from three. <laughs> 
keep chopping. Yeah, I just I've been, I I have that so in my bones after Saturday's oh, I love game. It. I just do it anytime I need emphasis. I absolutely love it, man. All right, Matt, thank you so much. Yeah, for this having is me awesome, on. man. Absolutely awesome. No, thank you, man. It definitely won't be the only time uh, you're on. Of course, if you agree to come back on, I'm not going to hold you hostage. But no, this is awesome. Love picking I'm your brain. And yeah, sorry it took forever to get you on, man. So yeah, really do appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll see you around the uh, the Twitter streets. Where can the fine people find you out there? Yeah, you can find me at Move Better Proj, uh, P-R-O-J. To be honest, I, I've kind of not doing a lot of sports posting these days, but I am a physical therapist. And I have a, a bustling online uh, uh, movement coaching business. You can check my Twitter out, check out the YouTube channel if you need any advice on stretching or uh, strength training. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Massive thank you to our guy, Sam Tyler, for uh, just coming on and dropping his knowledge about basketball hoops on us. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely have him on as the season goes on, should he you know, keep it green. You know, hope he does. I think that went well. Uh, and yeah, just like I talked about right at the top of the show, guys, we will have Brian Masalam on tomorrow's show to talk about the Mel Tucker extension. And then, of course, well, yeah, there's a game going on this weekend. So we talk with Jay Stevens of Locked on Buckeyes for a nice little collaborative episode to get yourselves ready for the weekend. Whew, okay. I'm like, whew, got game day. Hell, God, I, I just got the pregame uh, willies. Wow, that snuck up on me. Okay, whew, Buckeyes, Saturday. Everyone brace yourselves. Uh, guys, and thank you one more time for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. And if you're looking for a second listen, may I interest you in Locked on Bets? That is right, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Locked on Bets. Hosted by Your Boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. All right, guys. Let's have ourselves a Thursday. Love you all. Go Green.